let's take our Bibles and look at the Word of God together tonight. And I'm changing the message. I've tried to stay sensitive to what the Lord would have me to say in preparation of these coming days. And I want you to get two places. Uh, one, Second Corinthians 9. And with your other hand, if you get Exodus 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and Exodus chapter 15. I believe you would agree with me that anything that is done right and well takes preparation. Could we agree on that? In other words... Things just don't happen to work out. You have to put preparation in that. And if God is going to work in our midst, and this is going to be the week that I trust it will be for our church and for you, there'll need to be some spiritual preparation. I really, and I'm praying, and I really believe the preachers will come prepared. I, I'm sure you would not want a preacher just to get up without making any preparation. Surely you would not want anybody to talk to you and preach to you from the Bible that didn't know what he was going to say before he got up and just flippantly opened the Bible. You, you wouldn't want that. You want them to study. You want them to pray. You want their heart to be prepared. And that's the way it should be. And I believe they'll be prepared. I believe that the singers will be prepared. We'll have a lot of things prepared on the part of the church staff. And the camp will have things prepared. They'll have things cleaned and ready for us. But I want to ask you, will you be prepared? Will you prepare yourself for what God wants to do for you? Or will you make any preparation for it? In 2 Corinthians chapter 9... And what a difference it would make, you know, if everybody came in church on Sunday prepared. You know, just because somebody's prepared to preach does not mean people are prepared to hear. And there needs to be some preparation. There needs to be some work on the ground. How many of you have planted a garden? Would you raise your hand? Did you just go out there and throw the seed down? If you did, you did it once. You know what? You can have the best seed in the world. You can even have good ground. But if you don't prepare the ground, there's nothing going to grow. Would you think about that in context of what God wants to do for you? There's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's nothing wrong with God. There'll be nothing wrong with the messages. But if you don't make some preparation... It'll just be seed just thrown out without any effect. And you don't, you don't want that. You don't need that. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is about giving, but I, I think you'll see uh, the connection. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2, For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, 
and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. Verse 4, lest haply if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we that we say not ye should be, what's the word? Ashamed in this same confident boasting. He's wanting them to be ready. And if we're not prepared, we're not ready. Are we ready to receive something from God? Are we ready to receive the help that the Lord wants to give us? Or are we unprepared? In the book of Exodus, there's an interesting phrase in the Bible that I don't think is found anywhere else in, like it. In Exodus chapter 15, there's this, in the song of Moses, if you would look at it, it says, verse number 2, The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will, what? Prepare Him an habitation. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. Will you prepare a place for God to have in your heart? Will, you pre- will we prepare Him an habitation? A place where He will be at home, a place where He will feel invited... A place where he will not feel like he is on the outside. You know, that is the testimony there. He stands at the door and knocks. You know, people often use that as a a witnessing tool. And I, I don't begrudge anybody for using the Bible that way. But the context is the church. They weren't prepared to receive him into their habitation. They made no preparation in their lives and in their assembly. And he was on the outside. I don't know about you, but I do not want to go to camp without God. I I don't want to have church services without the presence of the Lord. I I want to walk in here Sunday, and I'm glad Brother Ross is going to be here, and I'm glad Brother Rains is coming. I'm glad glad that you'll be there. But, But I want God to feel welcome and to feel at home. I want there to be a prepared place for him you see but we'll have to make preparation for that to be so it's not just going to happen i think people spend their lives that way they they just no preparation they just expect it all to work out and it don't it doesn't it doesn't work out you know i appreciate uh, the meals my wife fixes every time i get up from the table i say thank you dear for, for the meal You'd think I'd have got an amen or something out of that. You need, you need to thank your wife for cooking that food. Amen. Thank you, dear. I appreciate that. Because you know what? I didn't just go home and it was there. Somebody had to prepare it. I don't know about your house, but it's not deep, 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 deep. That's not the preparation. for. That. I thank my wife for the preparation that goes into the meal. If she's making homemade bread like she made Sunday, that yeast had to rise and that take preparation. If she makes the homemade biscuits, she's got to roll them out. Yeah. A good meal takes preparation. Would you agree with that? 
You don't just show up and, oh, there it is. How wonderful. You know, we have already, this is just Wednesday, we have already done immense preparation for your meals for camp. What if we just walked out there and say, well, I I wonder where the food is. What if we just did that by faith? You think that would work out? No. Brother, brother Daniel Elwood and Brother Chris Faulkner, amen, they were butchering hogs last week for you. Preparation. We, we, we've, got, we, we've got chickens that we've been watching lay eggs. Isn't that right, Brother Bob? Preparation. We've had people going to the store and buying all kind of stuff. And here's the thing. You show up and you have a good meal, but you don't see all the preparation. It takes preparation to have a good meal. Well, guess what? The same thing with God. If we're going to have a good meal with God, we've got to have some preparation. You just can't show up and it's going to be right. It's going to be wonderful. A lot of the preparation is going to need to be in your own life. We had to prepare a schedule. We, we had to prepare and make sure, had people go out to the camp, make sure all the utensils are in the kitchen and all this other business. Preparation. Why do we think our spiritual life is any different? You know, many of you have careers. Some of you have really good careers. But you know what you had to do? You just didn't wake up one morning and have a career. Most of you had to go to school and prepare for that career. Or you had to work long and hard hours and maybe many, many years to learn your trade. You had to prepare your mind. You had to prepare your... Am I right? What if somebody didn't didn't prepare and they just showed up amen, at the arsenal and say, I want to do missile defense? You think that'd work out? There better be some preparation or it's not going to work out. And the same way with ministry... I mean, a lot of people, I want to do something for the Lord. But they don't want to make any preparation. They don't work. Everything of value and that has any, any uh, worthwhile nature of it all had took much preparation for it to be done. Whether it's building a house, whether it's building a family, Guys, you know how many people aren't prepared to be married, but they get married anyway. And they just say, well, we'll just, we'll just learn about it as it goes along. Well, you can do that, but you may have some big bumps in the road. Some people aren't prepared to have children. Just because you're married don't mean you're ready to have kids. I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket on you. I'm trying to tell you the truth that it takes preparation to be a good husband, to be a good wife, to be a good father, to be a good mother. There ought to be some preparation that goes into that. A lot of people don't want to do the preparation. You know, if we would prepare for our life and for God and for revival as much as we do for our finances, we we, we might be better off. You know what I mean? People really make good preparation for their retirement. Now, some don't. They just think Social Security is going to be there. Good luck with that if you're young. Oh, the government will take care of it. 
You know what? A lot of people don't believe that, so they try to make preparation for when the time when they get old and they, they, they're not working their job. And they make preparation. That's fine. That's, that's not a bad thing. The animals do that before wintertime. It's okay. But, you know, would to God we would prepare more for our spiritual needs than our financial needs. There are some people that have a retirement program that have never prepared their life at all for God. You know, before you, you know what God said about our souls? He, he said that to mankind, he said, prepare to meet thy God. You need to, make, you make, need to make some preparation. How many people are not prepared to meet God? They're not ready. And I'm not just talking about lost people. There are some saved people, probably in this room tonight, you're not ready to meet God because you've got, you've got outstanding warrants on you. You've got unsettled business between you and God. You're not ready to meet God right now. Prepare. I'm just saying everything takes preparation. We have to prepare for return. I mean, even Jesus had to prepare a place for us. Is that not strange? I mean, he created everything. He could have just said, you know, blink his eyes and it's all there. No, he had, to, he had to make preparation. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. So if he's preparing a place for us, why don't we prepare a place for him? Instead of going to church or going to camp unprepared. You know, even the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, as powerful as it was, it took preparation. You know, ten different verses, ten times, the Bible says God sent someone to prepare the way of the Lord. That was John the Baptist. You know what John the Baptist's ministry was? It was a ministry of preparation. It wasn't even about him. He was preparing the way for Jesus. Making the path straight. So the Lord would have a highway to come through. Amen. Jesus Christ just didn't step out in His ministry and humanity and just go to preaching. No, no. There was somebody before Him that was preparing the way for Him. God help us to prepare the way so He didn't hit the roadblocks on His way to ministering to our hearts. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Will we make preparation before His presence with us? You know, Jesus Christ Himself prepared 30 years for his ministry. I don't understand that, but that's the truth. Now, here, here, so how do we think that our life and our family and everything in our, in our, in our, our spiritual needs are all going to be met when we're making no preparation? And we think it's just going to happen in a night. It's not reality. Oh, it'll happen anyway. No, it won't happen anyway. I'll give you three things tonight about, about preparation. It takes three things I want to give you. It probably takes more, but these are the ones I want to give you. The Lord had on my heart. Go to 2 Timothy, would you? 2 Timothy chapter 2. Three things that I believe must take place if we're going to be prepared. Prepared. 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Bible says in verse number 19, Nevertheless, 
the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. I believe he's talking about the house of the Lord. Verse 21, if a man therefore purge himself from these, anything that's dishonorable, anything that's iniquitous, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and what's the word? Prepared unto every good work. No purging, no preparedness. You got to purge to be prepared. To be meet for the master's use, to be ready to receive what God has for us, to become what God wants you to become, to receive all these good things He wants to do in your heart and in your life and in your family. You have got to be prepared and you're not prepared if you don't purge out the junk that stops His work from being effective in our hearts. That's why camp is one of the... One of the great helps in our spiritual life because that is a week that many of us get away from the junk. And some of the junk is what you go to work with. Now, I was talking to somebody tonight. I said, you know, the blessing of camp. You're around Christian people all the time. You're not hearing people blaspheme God at work every day. What a blessing. And camp helps get coming apart and just feasting on the goodness of the Lord gets us away from all that stuff that we want to purge out. We, we, we tell people you go to camp. Um, don't come ask me if there's internet signal there. Don't don't even ask me that. If you have a special need, okay, I'm not I'm not trying to be ugly about that. But you know, there's so much junk with that. Just get that out and let's let God use us and work in us. Amen. You know, it, it'll help you if you purge some things out of your life before you come into the church house. Get, get rid of some of that anger and bitterness or unconfessed sin. Purge it out. You, you'd be surprised what God could do for you if you'd purge some things out before you sit down and listen to His Word. You'd you'd be surprised what the song service would do if we'd come in purged out. Purging. That's not a bad word. It's a good word. Get out all the junk. Of course, we used to use that word regarding regurgitation. But that's a good thing too. Matter of fact, if you get so sick... They'll give you medicine to make you vomit. Is that not right? To get the bad stuff that's making you sick out. God says this, if you're going to be prepared, you've got to purge out the bad stuff. And that can be a prayer way, and that can be taking some things out of your 
routine or out of your mind or out of your ears, go to First Chronicles with me. I'll give you the second thing. We'll still get out on time, Lord willing. Will you be prepared? Well, will you, will you purge some things out? Do you guys really know why the last day of camp is usually so sweet? Because we're more right with God than on the first day. What if we showed up right with God? First Chronicles chapter 22. The Bible said in verse number 5, this is David's preparation for the temple that he's not even going to get to build. First Chronicles 22 verse 5, And David said, Solomon my son is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent." I love that phrase in the Bible. You don't have a King James Bible that don't say that. Of fame and of glory throughout all countries. Watch it. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Look at verse number 14. Watch it. This is so important. This is why most people don't make preparation for the Lord. And they don't prepare to seek God. First Chronicles 22, 14. Now behold, in my... What's the next word? What is it? In my trouble, I have what? Prepared for the house of the Lord and hundred thousand talents of gold, thousand thousand talents of silver, and of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance timber also and stone have I prepared. And thou may... He said, in my trouble. This was a lot of trouble to do this. You know why most of us aren't prepared for God? We don't want to go to the trouble. We don't want to spend the time and the effort to make preparation. We don't want to make the sacrifice. God, if you can't get with my program in this little box, I ain't interested in going to the trouble. That's why we, we, we ask the church family for us to fast and pray this week. Just take a day. Take three what, What's fasting? It's not eating. You say, well, that's trouble. Yeah, but it's worth the trouble. If, if we would fast and pray as a church family, the power of God would fall down in our midst. I believe that. But a lot of people don't want to go to trouble. They don't want to go to trouble to pray, and then they just expect God to come through and make everything right instead of, instead of me having to go to the trouble of dealing with my family, dealing with my children, dealing with my marriage. God, you just fix it. No, no, no. It takes trouble to be prepared. It takes down, it takes a lot of trees chopped down. It, tr- it takes hard work and expense and sacrifice and giving. I'll just say this. You'll probably get out of it what you put into it. Amen. You'll probably get out of it what you put into it. In all my trouble, in my trouble I have prepared. 
Will you be troubled to set aside some time to pray? Will you go to the trouble to fast? Will you go to the trouble to get right with God? Will you go to the trouble to do that, to be prepared? David said, I'll do that. I won't even get to see the, see the thing. I won't even get to see the temple. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, one more verse on that. It, in other words, it only takes purging. It takes time <laughs> and trouble to be prepared. 1 Chronicles 29. There, there's a hymn in our songbook. Take time to be holy. You know why we're not holy? We don't take the time. We don't want to. We don't want to be. Don't, don't bother me. I don't want to be bothered with getting my life holy and right. First Chronicles twenty nine verse number two. Now I have prepared with all my might. You see that? What a phrase. Guys, don't we do so many things haphazardly or half? The greatest thing ever built was, I believe, that temple that housed the very presence and glory of God all those years. David prepared with all of his might so it would be the place God wanted it to be. We can't just show up and say, well, the preachers will be right with God. I'm sure I'll get all I need. No, you've got to put some time and effort and trouble into it. You know, that's probably why some people get something out of church and some people don't, because they don't put anything into it. What do you want from God? What are you willing to put into it? You willing to go to the trouble? You know why some people have a sorry family? They're not going to go to the trouble to have a good family. It's hard to be a good husband. You know what it takes? It takes you being willing to go to the trouble to work on being a good husband. And a lot of us don't want to be bothered with that. If we're going to be a good Christian, if our church is good, we have got to be willing to be bothered and troubled and to put input what we need to get out of it what we need. I'll give you the last thing. Two places, Second Chronicles 12 and 1 Samuel 7. Second Chronicles 12, 1 Samuel 7. Well, I showed up to the altar. I'm sure I'll be a good spouse. Don't work that way. Well, I picked the baby up at the hospital. I'm sure it'll work out. It doesn't work that way. Well, I showed up to church. Preparation. I remember when we had our first child. And I didn't know nothing about car seats. I, I, I I had to learn all that stuff. 
And if I'd have showed up to the hospital and not, not been prepared, they said, well, you, you ain't getting this, baby. You have to have a car seat. And it has to be turned the right way in the seat. Guys, why, why is it only the things of God we don't approach it that way? First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14. Watch this now. This, now, now, now. First, Second Chronicles 12. This is about Rehoboam. He came from the greatest family. His daddy was the wisest man that ever lived on the face of the earth to this point. His grandfather was David himself, the sweet psalmist of Israel and the great king that our Lord sprang from. You can't get a better family. Everything on his plate, the book of Proverbs, was written for this boy. And the Bible says in verse 14, And he did evil. Why? 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 Did somebody get in his way? He did evil. Look at the next word. Because, if you could underline that, it might tell the story of your life. He did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. You know, all that we have to do to surrender our lives to evil is just not make preparation to seek God. He didn't make any preparation. He just said, well, you know, that's true about daddy. That's true about granddaddy. It'll be true about me. Nope. Your daddy can walk with God. Your your granddaddy can walk with God. Everybody around you can walk with God. But if you personally don't make preparation in your own heart to seek the Lord, you're going to do evil. That's the testimony of that verse. All I have to do to do evil is do nothing. Just don't make any preparation. Preparation to do what? To seek God. Guys, that's why we're trying to come apart. We want to seek God. We want to find God. We want God to find us. Seek the Lord while He may be found. But you've got to make preparation for that. And this, this, this young man, he would not seek the Lord. And so his life was overcome with evil. You and I will be no different. But now, look, look at the flip side. I said I was going to go to 1 Samuel. I will in just a second. Since you're right here in 2 Chronicles, go to chapter 19. you got the flip side. This is Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the Bible says in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 19 and verse 3, watch, watch it. Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land, and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. There's a lot of bad things about Jehoshaphat's life. But you know what? God helped him because he did prepare his heart to seek God. He knew he needed God, and he went looking for him. Look at chapter 30. 2 Chronicles chapter 30, since you're right there, verse 19. This is Hezekiah. Now, now that, that, this is the exact opposite of coming out of a good family. Hezekiah didn't come out of a good family. He didn't come out of a good situation. But 2 Chronicles, the Bible says in, verse, in chapter 30, in verse number 19, 
this thing happens real quick. They, 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 they keep the Passover, which hadn't been kept. God starts working in their midst. Verse 19, or excuse me, look into verse 18. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon everyone. In other words, they weren't ready. They hadn't cleansed themselves. They really weren't ready to eat the Passover. But they hadn't been, they hadn't been used to doing this for so many years. And Hezekiah just said, we need, we need to find God. And they just rushed in there and started keeping the Passover without really being prepared. And Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord, Lord pardon everyone. We didn't do this just right, God. But would you please pardon us? But keep reading. The good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. You know, you know what you just read in that story? Because they prepared their hearts, even though they didn't do it just right, God forgave them. And that's what I want to say about the last thing I say about preparation. It takes purging. It takes time and trouble. But it takes heart. It takes heart. And if we are flippantly interested in the Lord, we don't have heart for it. You ever done something you had had yet your heart really wasn't in? You ever gone to church when your heart wasn't in it? You ever had family devotions when your heart wasn't in it? Do you have family devotions? You ever prayed or witnessed when your heart wasn't in it? You ever given your tithes and offerings and mission money when your heart wasn't in it? But it makes a difference when your heart is in it. We need an earnest interest in the things of God, not a casual interest, not a flippant interest. But we need to prepare our hearts to seek the Lord. I really want this. We need to be like Ezra who prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and do it. And though all of our inconsistencies and failures, if we'll, if we'll take time to prepare our heart and put our heart into it, God just may look down and pardon some things in our lives. I'll give you the last verse and finish. First Samuel, I told you, go to First Samuel, chapter seven. One of the great characters of the Bible, Samuel, from a child to an old man. He loved the Lord and God was with him. And at a very crucial time in their history. When all the leadership is gone and they need help from the Lord, the Philistines are ready to just destroy them. Samuel comes to them and the Bible says in 1 Samuel 7 and verse 3, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, and put away the strange gods and Astroth from among you. That's that purging. But watch this. And prepare your hearts unto the Lord. And serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. You want to be delivered? You want victory? You want help from God? Well, you need to prepare your heart.
And maybe that's a whole other message. Maybe we need to have a message on how we do that. But I'll tell you, if you're more interested in your job or whatever, it don't even matter. Your heart's not in it. You know what your heart's on? What you're thinking about right now. And God says, prepare your heart. Put your mind on the Lord. Put your heart on the Lord. Get your interest in the things of God. Be, be concerned about what God is trying to say to all of us. Don't be casual with it. Don't be flippant with it. Prepare your heart and say, Lord, I'm interested. I'm willing. My mouth is open. My heart is open. Speak to me, Lord. And that, young, that, that man that told them to prepare their hearts as a young man, as a child, he said to God, speak, Lord, for thy servant here. I'm just open. My heart's ready. Whatever you want to say. Preparation. 